This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I am your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Loveheart. And we're going to discuss all things healers today. So chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a healer of some sort. You may not be doing it professionally, but it may be something that you are doing on the side, or you are a parent or a teacher or an artist, a musician. Maybe you're someone who works in landscaping or works with the earth or animals If you are here to help the planet at this time, you could be considered a healer. We're going to discuss the different types of healers that there are out there, including the wounded healer, the shadow healer, and even what I call the light leader healer. We're going to discuss how you grow as a healer and the different phases or milestones that healers go through, and even discuss some signs of imbalances as a healer. Now, again, please understand that if you are listening to this podcast, you are here to heal yourself. You're maybe interested in this podcast because you want to heal your body, your mind, your spirit. You want to integrate those things and you want to become a better person. In that aspect, you are a healer. So keep that in mind as we go through here because you may re- may or may not resonate with some of these archetypes that we're going to talk about of what it means to be a healer. But I find that this information is very important at this time because as we'll talk about soon, When we go through the first milestone of being a healer, it's hearing the call to being a healer. We have had a lot of that over the past two years. A lot of us have really pivoted and created change in our lives after 2020 and are maybe stepping in to a fuller life that maybe includes helping others, helping the planet, helping animals or children. In any way that you are helping, you are healing and doing healing work on this planet. Another reason why I feel it's important to talk about this topic is if you are seeking out a healer or a helper, having an understanding of the different types out there and the different milestones they go through and signs of an imbalanced healer especially can be really important for you to get the most out of your sessions or your exchange with that particular healer or helper. Especially, we don't want to waste our time or energy on someone that maybe can't give us exactly what we're looking for. And not all of us are well-versed in this um, exchange and finding a coach or a counselor or a massage therapist or Even just our dynamics with our doctors, we absolutely can recognize signs of an imbalanced or uh, burned out healer, and that way we can really choose better um, and have better discernment with our choices. So what makes someone a healer? Are they born a healer? Do they grow into a healer? Do they learn to be a healer? The answer to that question is different for each person, but generally, many people feel a call which is the first milestone to growing or becoming healer, having some sort of passion or a motivation to help. Sometimes people are born with this. They are very early on. They're the, the sweet little toddler that's bringing things to, you know, someone. They're the one that's 
petting the cat or the dog softly and gently when they hear that the doggy or the kitty has a boo-boo. They're the people that early on, they have this sense of empathy and wanting to help. And you see them get involved. And then, of course, when we grow up, we can go through different experiences in our lives that can wound us. And we can, of course, go through that and heal in some capacity and then want to help others. So even if it's something where maybe you're an athlete and you had some sort of injury and you overcame that injury and got back on your game and you really felt called to coach another person through that particular experience and ended up helping a lot of people in in that arena. That's also, you know, would be a, a healer. And that's someone that is called to practice based on their wound. So we'll talk about that. That will be called the wounded healer. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that is the first milestone to being a healer, hearing the call, feeling a motivation, a passion, just a purpose, a sense of knowing that I'm here to help. Number two, when you find out that you're a healer, you are then looking at what your passion is. Is your passion music or art? Is it the healing arts like massage therapy or herbalism or energy healing? Or is it teaching? Whatever your passion is, you will be called to that particular genre of helping and maybe even a particular group of people, male, female, children, adults, the elderly, animals, plants, whatever it is. Finding your passion is that second stage. So the third stage is learning and practicing. And I think a lot of people who have really stepped into a different perspective after 2020, we have a lot of people that are waking up to becoming a healer or recognizing that they are a healer or realizing they need to heal themselves. And so you hear that call, you're finding your passion. Maybe your passion is I need to heal myself, or maybe it is, hey, I need to switch careers now. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a Reiki healer whatever it is. Number three is where a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, a lot of people I work with professionally, whether they own a business, whether they're a professional healer, or they're just a parent that uses that healing, nurturing capacity to help in their family. Number three, that milestone is the common one that most people are at. They're learning and practicing, learning and practicing. So if you are new to the healing call, You may be diving deep into information, which may be one of the reasons why you're listening to this podcast or others, or you have books, but you can't get enough of information. It's like a whole new world is opened up to you and you have this passion and a hunger to learn everything you can. And then of course, the next stage will be practicing, but these two are lumped together because a lot of times healers are always learning and growing and then continuing to practice and better their craft, better the craft of maybe playing music taking care of animals. Again, whatever you're doing, um, you're practicing that healing craft. Number four, number five are ones that I don't see um, as common until people start to reach out for help as a healer. And a lot of times, if you're a helper person, you put everyone else first and you're last usually. That's unfortunate, um, a lot of the healers that I work with. But when it comes to being burned out and finding experiencing that, that's when you start to realize that you need to shift and change a little bit. And what happens is stage four, where we go through the sense of finding our own worth, recognizing that we are worth the time, the energy, the attention to give to ourselves so that we can really heal. And then that stage five is healing the healer. 
So in stage four, when you find your own worth, you have a sense of worth to you realize, hey, I'm worth the money, the time, you set boundaries, you start saying no. That's really when someone that goes from a healer to start stepping into what I call light leadership. Again, I'm going to talk about these archetypes, but stage four, finding your worth. If you are someone that has a hard time saying no, if you don't really you know, feel like you're getting your value for your time, and it may not be money for your value, um, it may be just the equal exchange in energy. You're giving and giving and giving, and you recognize, you know, I'm worth receiving equal or replenishing my reserves so that I can continue to give. I'm worth it. That's one of the phases I think is really important to recognize in yourself and also in others if you have friends or family that are in the call to help and their healers as well. And then, of course, I said that fifth stage is healing the healer. That is recognizing that, oh my gosh, I need healing too, and focusing primarily on that, that being the main focus for that part of your calling as a healer. Because when you start to heal yourself, you become a more full, robust, not just accurate and proficient, but just more of a master in your healing craft. And that's what I think is usually missing in the profession of healing. I can't tell you how many people, and please, again, don't get triggered to take offense to this because it's not necessarily you I'm talking to, but there is a very large majority of people that enter into the healing profession that do not try to heal themselves and do not even look at that. And unfortunately, we are creating more problems with that in the world. So specifically in the area of counseling, (laughs) a very high percentage of individuals go into the field of counseling because they really need to heal themselves. And that moves us into the different types of healers. So these archetypes are a really great blog. I I really was looking at how to get a summary for you guys for the archetypes that are out there. I love Carolyn Miss as a resource for just archetypes in general. So I'll share that in the show notes. Um, She is an amazing uh, medical intuitive and healer that I, of course, is one of my mentors for years and years and years. But Susanna Barlow is one of the blogs that I have referenced and I will put in the show notes. That's really a great blog to read about the history of healers and the healer archetype in general. So I encourage you to look at that as well. But I'm going to go into just some of the basic healer archetypes that Susanna also covered in her blog here, because I think it's important to understand these. Number one is the wounded healer. And I will, of course, introduce more about the wounded healer and Chiron when we talk about astrology on this podcast with our local astrologer here. But the wounded healer is based on a myth of Chiron, which is the wounded healer. And basically, to sum it up, the the wounded healer is called to heal because they're trying to heal themselves. So this is a majority of the healers out there, especially in the psychological profession. There was a psychological wound or emotional wound or something that they were, of course, being called to heal within themselves and sometimes aren't always able to recognize that until they're later on in school. A lot of people that are going and getting their their master's degree and doctorate in level in um, psychology or therapy have recognized this. And it's a really great thing to see. Number two is a caregiver or a nurse. If you are someone that's the nurturer, you're always there to take care of others, feed them food, or if you're there trying to nurture people when they're sick, you'd like to dress their wounds or bathe people, that would be a caregiver and a nurse. They're very similar, but these are the people that tend to be over-nurturers a lot. They want to mother everyone, and sometimes that ends up enabling people and draining you if you're always there to help, right? 
Number three, the therapists. So those are people that are here to heal us mentally and emotionally. The spiritual healer are individuals that work in the clergy, priests, rabbis. It could be nuns as well. These are the people that are dedicated to a spiritual faith or a calling and intend to heal um, with the spirit. The next type of healer is the intuitive healer. So these are people that just know how to heal. They also could be psychic. They could be just connected to just this gut sense of knowing what someone needs when they're ill. And we see a lot of psychic professionals who are psychic healers, I should say, or um, Reiki healers, intuitive healers that really fall into this category. So the next type of healer is the shadow healer. Now the shadow healers never take care of themselves. So these are the individuals that are always running on empty, that are always taking care of everyone else, and they almost neglect themselves to the point that they can no longer help or heal other people. So what happens to the shadow healer after they deplete themselves and they're completely drained from really taking care of themselves, they can sometimes fall into this category of a charlatan. Now, there are people that are charlatans that are not healers that are just out there to really um, use and take take advantage of other people. But I think a sh- uh, shadow healer can absolutely get lost in that if they are completely depleted and they're still over-identified with being a healer and wanting to help. Uh, maybe they're also connected and attached to that ability to make money in that way. So that's when we have these products or services or things that really don't help and are just there to drain your wallet. So that does happen. Um, and unfortunately, that is something that we see a lot of. I, of course, this is my journey here. I'm going to share a little bit of my journey being a healer. I'm an intuitive healer. Of course, I was born with being able to have this sensitivity to what you call medical intuition and mediumship. Um, that's why I call myself an integrative energy healer, integrative intuitive medium, because I, of course, am a massage therapist and energy worker, but I use my gifts to not only talk to the dead and connect with spirits, but also to move energy to work with energy. And I have a lot of knowing of just what's going on in the body and the psyche and the spirit. But I'm not just an intuitive healer. I'm also a wounded healer. And how that happened was my story with that is early on in my journey, going to find other healers to help me when I was on this path, realizing, hey, I need to help myself. I need other people to help to give me perspectives that maybe I don't have. I ran into some people who were straight up charlatans and that was a wound for me. There was a lot of manipulation and misuse of power and abuse that did wound me. Now on that journey to healing that wound, I attracted a lot of other healers that have gone through the same. And it's been interesting every time to see that come up and to recognize within myself to not get triggered that this is something that happens in the world that there are people, no matter how much we try to expose these people, if that's like your calling to do that, that's not mine. But if you feel to speak out about it or whatever it is, there's always going to be people that or take advantage of others. And that dynamic of that role, when we have those people in our lives, is there to teach us discernment. Discernment is a very powerful and important lesson. I always say my guru and my teacher from years ago was always talking about learn to discern. And that really struck me as important, especially after I had this bout with these charlatan healers. And I think it's something that I don't look down upon these people um, anymore, that that would be me still being wounded. But I look at them as great teachers, um, great teachers of discernment. 
And of course, I would love to protect all of you out there from going to a charlatan um, and all that. But I think it's it's something that you have to learn to discern and trust yourself. So now that I went over the basic different types of healers, I'd love for you guys to think about which one you maybe feel you are called to, or if you've encountered any of those particular archetypes. What I want to share next is whether you are a healer or you have gone to one or you're working with one, I'm going to share the signs of healer imbalances. This is really important because again, if you are a healer, it's good to recognize some of these things. You can really nip it in the bud. Or if you are seeing a healer that's struggling with this, it may be time for you to either speak up about it or go see another healer because it's important for healers to really take care of themselves. And you're going to get uh, bigger results, better results a lot of times if you are working with someone who's fully charged, fully on, fully in alignment with you as a client or as a professional, you're, you're aligned so you can be really do the best work you can do. So signs of healer imbalances. The reason why I made this list is because I worked with people for years and over the years I saw these healers progressively get sicker, progressively not take care of themselves, progressively struggle with health issues and mental health issues, resource and money issues, and even just sabotage and procrastination because they were not really working on themselves. And again, we'll talk about that and what it looks like as the, the archetype I did, not, I did not share, the secret archetype that I d- did not go into yet with light leadership, but we'll talk about how those relate to that. So the signs of a healer um, imbalances, low energy is one. So if you are experiencing low energy as a healer, as a helper, it's time to really get some help. It's time to take some time for yourself to look at your health mentally, emotionally, and physically. If you're struggling with anger or frustration or growing resentment, It is absolutely something that can happen when you're really taking care of everyone else or um, you're not able to say no and you're over-nurturing. That can really put a burden on you. If you're struggling with any sort of health issues, that's of course a big sign. Also, empath overload. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent of this one, the signs of a healer imbalance, number four, the empath overload, because in this world of everyone is an empath, everyone's recognizing that they are empathic. That is something that is amazing. It's an amazing gift to the world. I am, of course, an empath. I'm an empowered empath. Um, I was not always. I was one of those people that was overloaded empathically. It was hard. It was hard for me to go out and be around people and noises and all that stuff. But it's not something that needs to be a lifelong burden. Empath overload is a sign of a healer being imbalanced. It is a sign of not having your energy field um, managed correctly, or even just your rhythms or your, your physical health or your sleep. There's a lot of things that can go into that that can heighten that psychic volume knob that turns up your empathy so you have a hard time processing. But that one I want to talk about because I think a lot of empaths out there really wear this badge of honor on our sleeves. Like we are empathic and we are so sensitive. We can't go anywhere. It makes us so special. There is a paradox of specialness, right? That we all are unique and individual snowflakes, but no one is better than the other. And being an empath does not mean that you are destined to be sensitive for the rest of your life. And I think some empaths out there you know, really have used that to say, I can't go to places, I can't do this. It sometimes is used as an excuse to remain powerless and feel overwhelmed instead of seeing it as 
oh my gosh, this is a sign of me being imbalanced. I got to learn to manage this. It's something that can be dealt with. Now it's not forcing you to become an extrovert if you're an introvert, you know, something like that. Sometimes people have sensitivity levels that they just need to take a lot more downtime and that's okay. But if you're overloaded as an empath or a highly sensitive person, it can be sign of, a, of an imbalance. And a lot of these empaths and highly sensitive people are healers and helpers. And what I see instead is they're hiding in the light. And what that means is that if it doesn't feel good, I'm not going to go do it. I don't know about those people. They had really negative energy. I have to sage my house now and pray over my house or Reiki my house. Like I understand this. I've walked this path where sometimes energy that's very low vibrational or it's very heavy or it's very um, strong or angry or whatever it is, that's it's not in congruency with your own energy field. Your own sensitivity can pick it up and it can be very draining. And it can be annoying and it can be like, get that out of here. I need to get it out. Whatever I need to do, I need to sage and reiki and crystals, everything, okay? So that's absolutely part of these stages of a healer, of growing, of learning and practicing that third stage. But then when we find our worth, that fourth stage of being a healer, it's time for us to recognize that we don't need to hide in the light anymore. We don't need to reiki and pray and get everything away. You know, that's not part of why we're here. You know, as healers, we're here to be in the midst of someone else's pain, the midst of someone else's negativity, and just be there and present and not absorb it, and to be that person to really help them unload it, but not to take it through us. So I know I went off on a tangent with that, but we're going to talk about how that relates to stepping into light leadership and what a light leader is. So the other signs here to finish up the signs of a healer being imbalanced are if you have resource or money issues. So if you're struggling with money or finances or even just time management, that can absolutely be a sign of imbalance. If you're constantly sabotaging or procrastinating in your life, if you have either friends or clients or people that are consistently canceling plans with you, canceling appointments, things like that, that can be a, a sign. Not necessarily that it could be that they don't want to see you, that maybe they're sensing an imbalance or low energy or growing resentment or other imbalances that maybe you're carrying, or it can be a reflection of where your energy is. A lot of times, especially in business, our business is a reflection of our own energy. So if we're being flaky, a lot of times our clients will reflect that flakiness that we can't show up on time or whatever it is. So that's an important one to look at. And then number eight is um, if our work is not as effective bef as before, if we're not able to really help people or be effective with what our healing modality is, that can be signs that you're just not connected. Um, if you are in competition or feeling a sense of lack, I call it the lack attack. If you are having a lack attack and feeling competitive against another person, another artist, another teacher, another healer, another psychotherapist, another counselor, coach, whatever it is that you do, or if you are healing yourself and you see someone, other people around you that they're more healed or they've you know lost more weight or they've gotten their energy back more than I, be aware of when you compare. I always say, be aware of when you compare. That competition or lack attack can really be a sign of imbalance. And then of course, number 10 is if you are just fed up with being a healer, you're tired, you're drained, you're basically just done. So those are all these signs of being imbalanced as a healer. So now let's go back to when I talked about hiding in the light, I talked about this sense of as a healer, we always want things to feel good. We want other people to feel good. We don't want to experience pain or suffering or trauma or whatever it is. A lot of times, again, we retreat to areas in our lives that feel safe. 
Or we retreat to crutches or things that like food or substances or shopping or sex or relationships or whatever it is that we can get out of this sense of discomfort. And that's what I call and label hiding in the light. When a person who is on the healing path has a hard time addressing and looking at their shadows or the parts of themselves that maybe scare them that they don't want to see, that's where we can continue to contribute to our unhappiness. And of course, what are we here to do? We're here to heal. We're here to help facilitate healing for others. And we're here to make the world a better place. So if you are a healer and you're on the healing path and you feel called at this time to up your game a little bit, to really step deeper into this healing work, I am going to call you to the path of light leadership. Now, you don't have to be in the healing profession to be a light leader. You don't have to be a manager or a boss or someone that leads people or leads others to be a leader. If you are leading as a light leader, you're leading through example. You're showing others the way through you finding your own way. So what is a light leader? A light leader is an individual who's passionately dedicated to their own personal illumination. A light leader is a healer in a sense, but your focus is not healing others because the light leader recognizes that they are the way, that their intuition, their inner guidance, that the world, the universe, God, higher spirit, whatever you want to call it, is the one or the thing that is driving them, that is motivating them, that is moving them towards their own illumination. Light leaders follow the spiritual breadcrumbs, so to speak, to their own healing path. And this is something that happens when people are looking to heal and they maybe have exhausted all other ways of healing. They have looked at the mainstream Western medicine, maybe they've ventured into alternative medicine, and they're still trying to find that healing. This is where you dive deep and you dive deep into yourself. You start to recognize that the divine voice within you has all the answers. It delivers them in these little packets, these little nuggets, these little breadcrumbs that you follow along the way. Light leaders recognize that the light for your path comes from you. And they also trust their own shadows and their own triggers instead of running away from them, instead of hiding in the light. They trust the things in the world that scare them are the things to really look at and be curious with. They are individuals that realize their worth. They have really stopped caring about what other people think of them. They are absolutely looking to have a place of, to operate from a place of non-judgment and to be in non-polarization. Light leaders are much more curious versus judgmental, so they're always asking questions and learning. And this is a really powerful way to be because if you're scared of something, if something is really worrisome or stressful or whatever it is, asking questions and being curious versus judging something as, oh my gosh, this is negative. This person need to wear all my black tourmaline crystals because all their negative energy, or I need to go get a Reiki session, or I need to pray this away. Whatever it is, they don't run away from those things. Instead, they are curious and saying, what can I do to help myself to feel more in alignment, to feel more in a place of centeredness? Light leaders really have learned this sense of discernment versus naivety. 
They ask questions and have learned to trust themselves and that divine voice to guide them along the way to find other healers to help themselves or coaches or whatever it is, books, podcasts, whatever it is, they're following that trail. Light leaders are also very highly dedicated to integrity and doing what is right. They also know their own boundaries and they recognize that boundaries create balance. Now, it's okay to have preferences because a lot of times as healers, we feel like we have to be loving and kind and everything has to be love and light all the time. And that's not always true. You can have preferences for things that I prefer this type of person or this type of work environment. Instead of judging it as this is horrible, this is toxic, whatever it is, it's shifting the perspective to have more awareness of I prefer this over that. And They also are aware that even though they have boundaries, they also make space for vulnerability in their life and recognize that vulnerability is a superpower. Sharing their unique humanness and the journey that makes them not a super guru, even though they're very connected to their own inner truth and their own inner light, a lot of times people will start to follow them, but they don't want to be a leader. Not a lot of times they don't want to lead because they're there to lead themselves. But in that path of stepping into light leadership, you ultimately will have people come to you to they're seeking answers. And what they're really seeking is their own answers as well. I think we're stepping out of a place of guruism and really moving into a place of leading our own selves. But that doesn't take away the need for help for other people who have greater wisdom than us or knowledge or experience. It just takes away us losing our power to those people by giving all of our power away and saying they have all the answers. I don't, I have no, I know nothing. It's going and learning from someone, getting the information that you need or the services or whatever it is that can help you along your way and using it, making the most out of that time. And then another thing that light leaders recognize, and again, as a healer, you may recognize this and realize, you know, I'm done helping people that won't help themselves. I'm always helping people and they're more, I'm enabling them and they're not really stepping up and helping themselves. So by stepping into light leadership, you are dedicated to helping yourself. So you will start to attract people who will help themselves as well. And this helps the world in a much bigger way because again, when we're in this dynamic, when we're maybe a healer, a lot of times there is this dynamic that we create that is reliant and codependent on either our clients that we depend on them for our income. We depend on them to maybe validate us. Those are all these different milestones we have to go through, but we can get to a space where we're like, you know what? I know who I am. I know my worth. I don't care what other people think. I'm not judgmental, but I'm discerning of what is best for me and what preferences I have, what type of people I want to work with, what type of healing modalities I need to go to um, for my own personal healing. And in that sense, you stop draining your energy by having lack of boundaries and letting people take from you. In a dynamic of a healing relationship, there is a give and a take. And there is a balance. There is a more interdependence that happens when you step into light leadership, where you, of course, are working with people, whether they're your practitioners you're seeing, or you're working with people as clients, you have this relationship where both parties are feeling equally um, satisfied. The helper personality is feeling like I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm absolutely presenting what I need to present and they can take it or leave it, but I'm not absolutely attached to the outcome of them needing to have this healing. 
as a light leader, from my professional standpoint, I give information, I help, I do readings, I do my body work and energy work, and that's what I have to give. And it's a wonderful symbiotic relationship that I create because I am not attached to the outcome of if someone doesn't have a good experience. It's something that really is a matter of them needing to work with another practitioner and helping them to discern which person would work better for them. The shift between a codependent parasitic dynamic to a interdependent one is so fulfilling because you don't have to absolutely really be the end all be all for that person. And I think that that's something that really helps the world in a bigger way because now we're showing um, ourselves how to be empowered and we're walking that talk. And in walking that talk, we are shifting our energy and our vibration to that. That's what we attract. And so then we are helping others through them watching us and learning through our walk how to really be in alignment with themselves. And another thing that, that light leaders are all about is living what I call the infinite game versus the finite game. This is actually amazing because you recognize that it's not about competition. It's not about having to win. Our culture has really programmed us to be against each other. And light leaders are there to recognize the different realities that are out there and to embrace the different perspectives that exist. Because the biggest thing that light leaders carry within themselves is this understanding that the world doesn't need healing. I'm going to say that one more time. They recognize that the world doesn't need healing. Now, this statement can be very triggering, especially if you are a healer out there or you're trying to heal yourself and you're saying, oh my gosh, no, but I need healing. The world needs healing. The world is dying. We have global warming. Look at the financial system, our politics. Look at everything that's happening with COVID. So that can be a very triggering perspective. But in essence, if you zoom out and really zoom out and look at the world, we have progressed. We have a lot more work to do, of course, with racism and sexism and with the financial sector and with our systems. Things always are going to need readjusted. But we as a human species are really progressing. And it's one of those things that that perspective is really hard to see when you're immersed in the human experience. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to have a human experience. But as a light leader, we can recognize and coexist within this reality of our human experience. Like, yes, I need healing in this aspect of my emotions. Not going to spiritual bypass here. I listened to the last episode if you haven't heard that, but not going to avoid our, our emotions of anger and sadness and depression, all those things. We're going to deal with them. But we can also zoom out and look at the perspective that the world is unfolding as it should. And as it is, and that perspective is only easy to view if you have the experience of really looking at the universe from a very zoomed out perspective. Like we are floating on a rock in the middle of outer space. And the fact that we are here and we are breathing and we are listening to this podcast right now with this magic voodoo that is called the internet, that crazy that this is actually like you can send signals through the air like this is a miracle the world does not need healing we only need healing in our own personal experiences in which we are holding on to the past 
And that's really what separates us from animals, that we have this cognitive sense that we can remember the past. And of course, we hold on to things and we treat people differently based on their gender, their sex, their income levels, all the things that we've been programmed from our society and our culture based on the past. And, and you know, animals, they get mad, they feel their animal experience of anger, frustration, whatever it is, and they move on, they let it go. We resist the, that experience. We resist things and we hold on to it. Resistance is the stance of separation from self because you're fully present in yourself and fully illuminated is really being aware of the self, you know, fully present and aware and illuminated of the self. There is no resistance. And again, I'll say that again, resistance is the stance of separation from the self. And really, that's what we have done. We've separated from ourselves. And in doing that, we become at war with ourselves and at war with others. And we have this lack of sense of who we are and this self-worth that we're worth all the things that we deserve and which is to breathe and to live life and to choose our own happiness. And I really do think that this zoomed out perspective can be really hard to see without the wisdom from experience that happens with life. So one of the things that I've been gifted with in the experience of being a medium is being able to talk to people who have crossed over and I'm not talking about earthbound spirits who have unfinished business. That's another story. But I'm talking about people who have crossed over and who have really come to terms with their life. They're so grateful for everything they experienced. They're so grateful for the ups and the downs. It's like this roller coaster of a ride we live that is our human lives. There are things that are scary. There are things that are terrifying. There are things that are joyful. But after we get off that roller coaster, we want to get back on. We're like, that was amazing. And of course, that's why we like drama and we like television. We like stories. So as a light leader, the story that we love to walk is that story of the hero's journey to really trust ourselves and to trust the process of life, to uncover every rock, to look into the shadows within ourselves and to explore this light leadership path is a great reverence, respect, and just gratitude for life. We're so curious versus judgmental about life, right? We want to learn. And in learning, we discern. And we discern through those naivety, those spaces of a naivety that we do experience when we're in a new situation. And I think that that's really what sets light leadership apart from a healer is that, again, the healer is so worn down sometimes by this feeling of needing to heal and to help the world, almost as if we don't do it, the world's going to end. And I would encourage you to really move into a space of non-polarization with that and looking at how can you help the world? How can you make the world a better place today by opening the door for someone, by smiling at someone, by gifting someone, calling a friend. Those are the things that light leaders can do because we're in this present moment of recognizing that what we're doing here is enough. Who we are is enough. We, of course, are progressing and growing, but who we are right now, even with all the quote-unquote baggage, we are enough. And we trust in this process of life and trust spirit, God, higher power, whatever it is that does drive us and pulls us along. And I think in this recognition, we can really release a lot of this stress that we put on ourselves. And so that's why I encourage people, if you are a healer out there and you are looking to find someone else to do the healing work for you, you're trying to find someone because you need that magic pill, that you're going to continue on that journey. It's an amazing journey and discovery, especially when you're new in the self-healing world, you're looking to find things that will help you. There are people that will have answers and will have wisdom. 
But the deeper wisdom lies within yourself and trusting who to go to, what answers are right for you. And that's where this codependence versus interdependence can really shift from that, being codependent on your doctor to have all the answers to interdependent, to knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing your what works for your diet, your movement, all those things are empowering instead of disempowering. We move into the space of not feeling in a state of fear and having to rely on someone else for our own well-being. Ourself is what we rely on for our own well-being. So I encourage you to move into the space of non-polarization and recognize that there are many subjective perspectives out there, meaning each person's perspective is real to them. Everyone has a perspective in life of what is their their mantra, their belief system, their philosophy, and all of them are valid. Those perspectives are the theme music for that person's movie. You know, whether they're living a movie that has this dramatic background music that's like a thriller movie, or whether it's a romance, or whether it's a comedy, each person has the amazing gift of free will to choose what their choice in their subjective experience is. And I know some people may argue with me without that, well, my programming and my trauma and all these things, I can't choose that. But what's wrong with that? If you're not happy in that perspective, absolutely, there are so many resources out there and it is hard. It can be very challenging, especially when you have trauma, abuse, you know, even things like sex trafficking. That's something that's horrendous. There are some horrendous things that are happening on this planet. And I think when we zoom out and we all step into the space of light leadership and look at what our path is, get in alignment with that, we can, of course, motivate and inspire others to do so, to recognize their worth so they get their worth in value, whether it's in money, in time, or resources, or whatever it is, so they can go out and do their work. And if those people are aligned with their own work, they might be the people that are there to eliminate sex trafficking. They're out there to have a purpose, because without some of these dramas in this world, what would our purpose be? Would we have anything to work for? If we're here heaven on earth, right? That's what we're here, I feel, for my life is to create that heaven on earth as much as I can in my life, in my world. Even when I encounter someone who's struggling or who's who's suffering, to be able to shine that heaven into their world with acceptance, not judgment, curiosity, asking questions, and giving what I have to give, what wisdom I have to share that may help them on their journey, but also knowing that I can facilitate their healing, but I can't make them heal. That's the lesson for the healer. Once you learn that you can help people lead them to water, but you cannot make them drink, and really able to let go of that with non-attachment, there's so much freedom there. And that's why I encourage healers to step into light leadership and to really look at those bullet points I, I shared with what a light leader is. Because you can still be a healer and also be in light leadership, but when you move into that, there is no more powerlessness. You take radical self-responsibility for your life. You heal and lead the self through your higher power of, you know, whatever religion you are. It can be, you know, following Christ, but that crisis comes from within you. That voice comes from within you. We can eliminate powerlessness when we eliminate our programs and we follow the breadcrumbs. We can affect deeper change in our world. This is the second thing. If you step into light leadership, you will no longer enable people who aren't helping themselves because that's what's the biggest struggle in our world right now. We are feeling powerless. We can help those who are actual victims, who are in in a situation of powerlessness because they are legit victims, but we don't perpetuate that victim stance. We help people get out of that. 
So affecting deeper change in our world by following our own path, we of course can influence and motivate others to do the same. Number three is the big one is we don't have to carry this emotional baggage or responsibility anymore that is our duty to heal the world. It's our duty to heal our world. And in doing that, we affect others. This is different from selfishness, okay? It's not that we're completely self-absorbed and we're focusing just on us and getting rid of our baggage. But in doing so, we lighten our load. We bring lighter, fun, happy, joyful, more content energy into the world that we can step up to the plate and help from a much more centered space that has a lot more quality. And that ripples out into the world in a much bigger way. So no more baggage. We can have more fun. That's a really important one. And number four, if you are a healer that is really struggling with receiving your value, whether that's monetary or not, and you step into light leadership, you really do solidify those boundaries and understand and know your worth. And in doing so, you start to make steps and actions that really meet your goals. And you start to receive back that which you see and value within yourself. And of course, in valuing yourself, you do value others as well. It's not higher, I value myself more than others, but you put yourself first. You put on your own gas mask first and before you help others. And that's really powerful. Number five, number five reason, the fifth reason why to step into light leadership as a healer is you can deflect from drama and polarization. What more effect that's positive could we have on the world right now than allowing other people to have their own reality, whether that's fear-based or not? Allowing that, not judging it, recognizing that that's their choice. That's the life that they choose to live. And if you don't choose that, that's okay. We can, of course, then be in a space where we can go into our friends or our family's lives and recognize and be present with their drama, their life story, whatever it is that they're going through, and be able to accept it and be there and hold space for them and allow it. And also have boundaries with ourselves of how much we'll be able to take and say, you know what, that's that's enough for me today. I'm done with this drama. I'm going to put a comedy on. Okay, that's okay. But in allowing ourselves to be neutral and embracing neutrality, we eliminate this polarization, which is this separation. And really this polarization that we're experiencing as humans is just a symptom of the resistance. And I said earlier, resistance is the stance of separation from the self. And when we have this resistance, we create polarization. And the resistance as, as of humans are going through, whether we're healers or not, is the resistance to looking at our own stuff and our own issues that need to be healed in ourselves that reflect out into the world, resistance to letting go, and resistance to fully accepting others. So I think that's something that, again, this non-polarization neutrality is really important and it can be very helpful for us to be, in fact, better or more effective healers. It is true. Um, and then, of course, number six, if you step into light leadership as a healer, you can experience more freedom and more fun because you're putting these boundaries down. You're knowing your worth. You're knowing that life is absolutely worth more than just here to heal and to help every single orphaned person or cat or hurting individual, that that's part of your work and part of your joy versus part of your burden. Because we're here to one of my wonderful colleagues and spiritual friends uh, always says, we're here to go to our J-O-Y, not our J-O-B. Because your joy is to heal, to help, to facilitate that for others and for yourself, first and most foremost. But 
you know, going to the J-O-B, your job, and feeling like it is the burden, it is the thing you need to do, that really sucks all the fun out of this life. It really does. So I hope with this episode, you really started to recognize maybe what type of healer you are. And even if you don't recognize yourself as a healer, maybe you started to say, hey, I am, I am healing myself. Maybe I am a healer, even if it's not for other people right now. And to recognize the different milestones as healers and how they grow. And to maybe look at where you are on that journey, you know, learning and practicing, but are you finding your worth? Are you healing that healer within? And recognizing any signs of imbalances that you could be experiencing. And then looking at the value of why stepping into what I call light leadership could be very powerful and in effect change on your own personal life and the world in a much deeper and bigger way. So if you are out there and you are looking to step into this light leadership role in a much deeper way, or you are a healer and you are struggling with some of those signs of imbalances, I encourage you to reach out and find a coach and find someone to help you. I have, of course, a program that I work with and I work with people one-on-one, specifically with healers and helpers to help them learn to manage their energy a lot better. I work one-on-one in coaching and of course, this is something that I can do remotely or in person. So I encourage you, if you feel called to work with me, reach out. Um, I do have limited openings for the rest of the year. I am really pretty much booked out for the rest of 2021. Um, but I encourage you to reach out and even do a free consult call to see if we're a good fit. And that's one of the most important things that I tell people that if I am not a good fit for you, I do not want to waste your time or money. As a light leader, it's important for me to have firm boundaries and to know my value and know the value of my clients. Your time is valuable. And if you're on your healing journey, you need to be with the person that really is a good therapeutic fit for you. So it's, it's very important. Thank you again so much for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. If you have any questions or would like me to answer a question on one of my live Mind Body Detox episodes, you can feel free to go to the show notes. There is a Google form in there. You can ask a question and um, or submit a topic and I'd be happy to cover that for you. So thanks again and be well until next time, my friends. for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.